It was spring, but it was summer I wanted. The warm days and the outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall that I wanted. The colorful leaves and the cool, dry air. It was fall, but it was winter that I wanted. The beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. It was winter, but it was spring that I wanted, the warmth and the blossoming of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood that I wanted, the freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 that I wanted, to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but it was 20 that I wanted, the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was middle age that I wanted, the peace of mind without limitations. My life was over, and I never got what I wanted. Well, isn't that depressing? <laughs> Total bummer! Oh, that little poem by Jason Lehman rings uh, all too true for far, far too many. It doesn't have to be that way, you know. In fact, it's not supposed to be that way at all. Um, God wants more for you. You are created in his image. You are the crown of his creation, fearfully and wonderfully made. Not only that, you've been redeemed by Christ so that you may have life now and have it to the full. And yet many are not. No purpose. A little joy. Always waiting and wishing for something better down the road, or lamenting and stuck in the past, or griping and complaining about the present. They're lost. Lost in Transition is the title of our message series, and it's the transitions of life that tend to trip us up. Transitioning, whether it's into a new home or a new relationship, a new job, but moving from one phase, age, and stage to the next is hard. Along the way, there are bound to be setbacks, uh, financial hardships and health issues, the death of a loved one, divorce. Well, how can we make sure that as we transition, we continue to be the people that God called us to be? And with God's help, we are going to go through the stages and take some steps, and we're going to make some moves and, uh, f in order to find out God's purpose for our lives. And this is our hope. And it comes from the Lord. I, I love, love, love this passage from Isaiah chapter 40. It says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Walking, running, soaring. <laughs> Those who hope in 
the Lord will renew their strength. So let's get this settled from the get-go. Uh, we need hope and we need help. God's help. We need his power because it just doesn't come from within. We can't conjure it up. Uh, what God has, begin, has begun in you, only he can complete. And, and so not only do we need his plan to direct us, we also need his strength to empower us. We cannot change ourselves any more than we can save ourselves. So we need his help. And so let's ask for it. Please join me in prayer. Uh, dear Father in heaven, we do need your help and we need your power in order to live well at every age and stage. And we confess that sometimes, many times, we are upset by the changes that come to us in our lives. And we find it hard to make the necessary adjustments. And so we feel lost or stuck. So we ask that you would help us to learn much from you so that we may live life to the full. Forgive our grumbling of which we've been guilty of in the past and teach us to follow Jesus so that we may transition well. It is in his spirits we pray, amen. Okay, well, let's take a look at this illustration here. Uh-huh, how do you feel about that, right? Where do you see yourself? Well, I'm 56, and so uh, I guess I'm somewhere between the guy on the phone and the cool dude in the sweater vest, you know? <laughs> but it's kind of eye-opening, isn't it? Uh, to see all those ages and those stages of life all kind of lined up like that. However, what this graphic doesn't depict are the transitions from one stage to the other. And as I mentioned, it's the transitions that usually trip us up. How do you roll with the changes cheerfully? How do you transition gracefully? How do you live well, you know, at every age and stage. Well, I'm glad that you're here watching from home or wherever you may be. Uh, here's where we're going with this series. Uh, we kind of teamed up each transition with a, a TV show from yesteryear. For example, today, this is all about the Wonder Years, also known as Childhood to Adolescence. Next week is going to be Friends. That's all about adolescence to young adulthood. Uh, from there, it's going to be Married with Children, which is, right, young adult to raising a family. Speaking of which, all in the family. That's going to cover the life stage to that of the empty nest, and that's the one I'm currently moving into. And then we're going to wrap it all up with the Golden Girls. That's right, transitioning from empty nest to the golden years. So stay tuned. All right, let's go back to that uh, lifespan illustration, please. Um, what is, or... Maybe what was your favorite stage? Or for your kids, let me ask you this. Which do you think will be the best stage of life? Hmm? Now for me, I, I wonder what it would be like, you know, to, to go back, you know, to be six again. Maybe you've heard the story about the man who was sitting on the edge of his bed observing his wife as she was looking at herself in the mirror. And it was almost her birthday, and so he asked her what she'd like to have as a, as a birthday present. And I'd like to be six again, she replied, still looking in the mirror. 
Well, a genius idea popped in this guy's head, and on the morning of his wife's birthday, he got up earlier and made her a big, great big bowl of Lucky Charm cereal, and then he, he, he took her to Six Flags, and he put her on every single ride in the park, the Big Kahuna, the Boomerang, Mr. Freeze, the Screaming Eagle, all that, and then five hours later, they, they staggered out of the, out of the park, and uh, you know her head was, was reeling, and her stomach felt upside down, so he took her to McDonald's, and uh, he ordered her a Happy Meal, right, extra fries, chocolate shake, all that. Then it was off to the movies, complete with popcorn and uh, soda, M&Ms, her favorite. What a fantastic adventure they had. And, and finally, she wobbled home with her husband, and she just collapsed right onto the bed. And, and he leaned over to his wife with a big old smile, and he lovingly asked, Well, dear, what was it like being six again? Her eyes slowly opened, and her expression suddenly changed. Six? Oh, you big dummy. I was talking about my dress size. <laughs> All right, here you go. <laughs> All right, let's get into the wonder years, the wonder years, moving from childhood to adolescence. You remember that show? Maybe you don't. I don't know. It aired from 1988 to 1993. Good show, according to the Rolling Stone. This is number 63 on its list of the 100 greatest TV shows of all times. The Wonder Years was kind of a, a coming-of-age situation comedy series, you know, highlighting the life and times of Kevin Arnold his best friend Paul Pfeiffer, and girlfriend Winnie Cooper. And I'd said that in case you were stuck trying to remember their names. All right, we can move on. Well, it takes place in middle-class suburbia in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. It's uh, about the joys and the sorrows and the ups and the downs and all the big changes that come along with growing up. Growing, that's what this stage is all about. Transitioning from childhood to adolescence is about growth, and it is about change. A dramatic change. Dramatic. As in drama. Right? As in you know, puberty, <laughs> hormones, physical changes, psychological changes, emotional changes. It is an identity shift. As the child moves from being completely needy and dependent upon one's parents to that of being a little less needy and a little more independent. But get this, the needs remain. The need for care and protection and instruction and discipline and unconditional love and affection are always needed, always. No matter the age or the stage, we never really outgrow them. No matter how old you may be, no matter what stage you find yourself in, you, you are always a child. You are always a child because God is always a father. It is a matter of identity if you know that you are his child. And specifically, if you know your heavenly father's love for you, then you really can transition and live well. Here's something worth writing down, or at least taking a picture of and, and remembering. I didn't come up with this, but it, it is gold. And we're going to refer to these four principles uh, all throughout this series. Um, this is how you can live well at every age and stage. Principle one is to know that God knows, that God knows you, and that he sees you, and he knows what you're going through. You're not alone. Uh, secondly, God 
makes you valuable, not your age and not your stage and what you're capable of. Number three, God is bigger than your fears. And number four, God sends people to walk with you, that you're not alone. Seriously, getting these four principles into your head and into your heart will carry you from the wonder years through the golden years and beyond. These four principles are parental in that we are children because he is our father. We never outgrow our need for his protection and care and instruction and discipline and unconditional love and affection. I'd like to address the parents in the room. A question, what is your top job? What's job one? Well, I'm going to give it to you by way of Pastor Craig Greshel. He writes, I believe our greatest priority as Christian parents is to gradually transfer our children's dependence away from us until it rests solely on God. Simple though it sounds, Helping your kids move gracefully from childhood to adulthood is a profoundly challenging lifetime calling. Early in life, our children, they depend on us as parents for everything, right? They can't eat without us, can't find their crib without us, get dressed without us, uh, change their diapers without us. But before long, if we do our jobs, they can feed themselves and dress themselves, go to the bathroom by themselves, and get ready for bed by themselves. Now, if you have toddlers, be encouraged, all right? There's, there's hope here. But if we are faithful parents, we gradually teach our children to do things without us. But our goal should not be to raise totally independent kids. Our goal is to raise them to be dependent, not on us or anyone else, but on the true Lord God. He is the only one who knows what is best for them and can lead them into his perfect will. Above all else, we should, over time, teach our children what it means and what it looks like to depend on God. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, it looks like this. I told you we'd go back to these again. It's four principles. This is what it looks like to depend on God, to know in your head and in your heart that God knows you, he's with you, he sees you, and to know in your head and your heart that you're valuable because he makes you valuable, and that God's bigger than your fears, and that he sends people to help you as you journey through this life. Seeing yourself first and foremost as a beloved child of God is absolutely critical. It is fundamental for our well-being and our well-living. Really, your identity as a dearly loved son, a dearly loved daughter, that is what establishes the ground for your personal dignity and value and relaxation 
and fearlessness. It cannot be stressed enough at any age or stage. Okay, so let's get into it. Paul, not Paul Pfeiffer, but the apostle, writes in Ephesians chapter 1, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in his sight. Oh, praise him. That is such good stuff. But it gets even better. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Do you know what this means? I'll tell you what this means. We used to be sons and daughters of disobedience. Children of wrath is what we're actually called. But now we're children of God. We are family. We're loved. It says, in love, Paul says. In love, he predestined us for adoption. Adoption, that means we're chosen. There's no unplanned adoptions. That means we're chosen. He picked us. We are chosen in love for love. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. That's exactly what we are. How great. It begins with the Father's love. In love, he adopted us through Christ Jesus. That means God the Father relates to us in Christ. Please get this. It just might change everything. Here's what this means. Let's go back to Ephesians 1. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his children through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, and hold on, gets even better still, to which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In other words, you are his son. You are his daughter. We are in Jesus, and we are Jesus. In the Father's eyes, the Father loves his Son and now loves us in his Son. Get this now. The Father loves us with the same love that he has for his Son, his one and only Son. He sees you. He knows you. He makes you valuable. He is bigger than your fears. He is with you. He is for you. Always understand this. God is not like a father. He is father. This is going to be really important for some of you because you might not have had a good father. Maybe you had an absent father or a harsh father father, or maybe even an abusive father. And so your experience with 
a father might be very mixed. But that's not what God is like. God is the loving father that you always wished you had. And it was his good pleasure and his on-purpose decision to bring you into his family. He sees you as he sees Jesus. But what a comfort this is. That God's love is not dependent upon our love for him or our good behavior or our rule following that it rests on Christ. God the Father is well pleased with his son, and therefore he is well pleased with you. If you are in Christ, you bring him great pleasure and joy. He sees you, and he knows you, and he smiles with delight upon you. We'd never outgrow this, our, our need for our Father's love. Well, I'm going to wrap it up today by uh, sharing with you something Tim Chester wrote in this wonderful little book called Enjoying God. And in it, he points the reader to what I've been you know, trying to talk about here, which is the great love of the Father. And when you know the great love of the Father, it really changes you and strengthens you gives you everything you need to go through these life stages. Um, he tells about this interview that took place in the 2012 Olympics, and we are going to watch just a minute of it, but uh, I want to set it up first. Um, this clip that we're about to see is of the father of the kid who won a gold medal. And so he, he's South African, so it might be a little tricky to understand, but, but just look at his joy. He's going to keep saying, unbelievable. Look at my boy. Oh, he's so beautiful. Just look at my boy, you know, that kind of thing. So let's, let's take a look and enjoy this. something. Yeah, he didn't even know he was, he was on TV or whatever. You know, he's just so wrapped up in his kid. I mean, he's, I love you. I love you. Unbelievable. 
Look at my boy. Look at my boy. The father's love is uncontainable. Question. How do you think that son feels to know how his dad feels about him? I bet it makes him happy to say the least. I bet it gives him tremendous confidence and courage to face whatever life might throw at him. It doesn't matter, gold, silver, bronze, metal, no metal, no matter. He has his father's love and it's more than enough. It is, and it's yours as well. Amen. All right, I'd like to ask Pastor Jim to come on over and lead us in a prayer, please. Thanks, Pastor Jim.